0: Section six of the Promulgation of Universal Peace, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Promulgation of Universal Peace, Volume One, by Abdu'l-Baha Abbas. Section six. Eighteen April, nineteen twelve. Talk at the home of Mr. and Mrs. Marshall L. Emery. 273 west 90th street new york notes by miss dixon Tonight i wish to tell you something of the history of the baha'i revelation the blessed perfection baha'u'llah belonged to the royal family of persia from earliest childhood he was distinguished among his relatives and friends they said this child has extraordinary power in wisdom intelligence and as a source of new knowledge he was advanced beyond his age and superior to his surroundings all who knew him were astonished at his precocity it was usual for them to say such a child will not live for it is commonly believed that precocious children do not reach maturity during the period of youth the blessed perfection did not enter school he was not willing to be taught this fact is well established among the persians of Tehran. nevertheless he was capable of solving the difficult problems of all who came to him In whatever meeting, scientific assembly, or theological discussion he was found, he became the authority of explanation upon intricate and abstruse questions presented. Until his father passed away, Baha'u'llah did not seek position or political station, notwithstanding his connection with the government. This occasioned surprise and comment. It was frequently said, How is it that a young man of such keen intelligence and subtle perception does not seek lucrative appointments? As a matter of fact, every position is open to him. This is an historical statement, fully attested by the people of Persia. He was most generous, giving abundantly to the poor. None who came to him were turned away. The doors of his house were open to all. He always had many guests. This unbounded generosity was conducive to greater astonishment from the fact that he sought neither position nor prominence in commenting upon this his friends said he would become impoverished for his expenses were many and his wealth becoming more and more limited why is he not thinking of his own affairs they inquired of each other but some who were wise declared this personage is connected with another world he has something sublime within him that is not evident now the day is coming when it will be manifested in truth the blessed perfection was a refuge for every weak one a shelter for every fearing one kind to every indigent one, lenient and loving to all creatures. He became well known in regard to these qualities before the Bab appeared. Then Baha'u'llah declared the Bab's mission to be true and promulgated his teachings. The Bab announced that the greater manifestation would take place after him and called the promised one him whom God shall make manifest, saying that nine years later the reality of his own mission would become apparent. In his writings he stated that in the ninth year this expected one would be known, in the ninth year they would attain to all glory and felicity, in the ninth year they would advance rapidly. Between Baha'u'llah and the Bab there was communication privately. The Bab wrote a letter containing 360 derivatives of the root Baha. The Bab was martyred in Tabriz, and Baha'u'llah, exiled into Iraq in 1852, announced himself in Baghdad for the persian government had decided that as long as he remained in persia the peace of the country would be disturbed therefore he was exiled in the expectation that persia would become quiet his banishment however produced the opposite effect new tumult arose and the mention of his greatness and influence spread everywhere throughout the country the proclamation of his manifestation and mission was made in baghdad he called his friends together there and spoke to them of god at one point he left the city and went alone into the mountains of kurdistan where he made his abode in caves and grottoes a part of this time he lived in the city of suleimaniyeh two years passed during which neither his friends nor family knew just where he was although Bahá'u'lláh was solitary secluded and unknown in his retirement the report spread throughout kurdistan that this was a most remarkable and learned personage Gifted with a wonderful power of attraction. In a short time, Kurdistan was magnetized with his love. During this period, Baha'u'llah lived in poverty. His garments were those of the poor and needy. His food was that of the indigent and lowly. An atmosphere of majesty haloed him as the sun at midday. Everywhere he was greatly revered and beloved. After two years, he returned to Baghdad. Friends he had known in Suleimaniyeh came to visit him. They found him in his accustomed environment of ease and affluence, and were astonished at the appointments of one who had lived in seclusion under such frugal conditions in Kurdistan. The Persian government believed the banishment of the blessed perfection from Persia would be the extermination of his cause in that country. These rulers now realized that it spread more rapidly. His prestige increased, his teachings became more widely circulated. The chiefs of Persia then used their influence to have Bahá'u'lláh exiled from Baghdad. He was summoned to Constantinople by the Turkish authorities. While in Constantinople he ignored every restriction, especially the hostility of ministers of state and clergy, the official representatives of Persia again brought their influence to bear upon the Turkish authorities and succeeded in having Bahá'u'lláh banished from Constantinople to Adrianople the object being to keep him as far away as possible from persia and render his communication with that country more difficult nevertheless the cause still spread and strengthened finally they consulted together and said we have banished Bahá'u'lláh from place to place but each time he is exiled his cause is more widely extended his proclamation increases in power and day by day his lamp is becoming brighter this is due to the fact that we have exiled him to large cities and populous centers therefore we will send him to a penal colony as a prisoner so that all may know he is the associate of murderers robbers and criminals in a short time he and his followers will perish the sultan of turkey then banished him to the prison of akka in syria when baha'u'llah arrived at akka through the power of god he was able to hoist his banner His light at first had been a star, now it became a mighty sun, and the illumination of his cause expanded from the east to the west. Inside prison walls he wrote epistles to all the kings and rulers of nations, summoning them to arbitration and universal peace. Some of the kings received his words with disdain and contempt. One of these was the sultan of the Ottoman kingdom. Napoleon III of France did not reply a second epistle was addressed to him. It stated, I have written you an epistle before this, summoning you to the cause of God, but you are of the heedless. You have proclaimed that you were the defender of the oppressed. Now it hath become evident that you are not. Nor are you kind to your own suffering and oppressed people. Your actions are contrary to your own interests, and your kingly pride must fall. Because of your arrogance, God shortly, will destroy your sovereignty. France will flee away from you, and you will be overwhelmed by a great conquest. There will be lamentation and mourning, women bemoaning the loss of their sons. This arraignment of Napoleon III was published and spread. Read it and consider. One prisoner, single and solitary, without assistant or defender, a foreigner and stranger imprisoned in the fortress of Acca, writing such letters to the emperor of france and sultan of turkey reflect upon this how baha'u'llah upraised the standard of his cause in prison refer to history it is without parallel no such thing has happened before that time nor since a prisoner and an exile advancing his cause and spreading his teachings broadcast so that eventually he became powerful enough to conquer the very king who banished him his cause spread more and more the Blessed Perfection was a prisoner twenty-five years. During all this time he was subjected to the indignities and revilement of the people. He was persecuted, mocked, and put in chains. In Persia his properties were pillaged and his possessions confiscated. First there was banishment from Persia to Baghdad, then to Constantinople, then to Adrianople, finally from Rumelia to the prison fortress of Acca. During his lifetime he was intensely active, his energy was unlimited, scarcely one night was passed in restful sleep, he bore these ordeals, suffered these calamities and difficulties in order that a manifestation of selflessness and service might become apparent in the world of humanity, that the most great peace should become a reality, that human souls might appear as the angels of heaven, that heavenly miracles would be wrought among men that human faith should be strengthened and perfected, that the precious, priceless bestowal of God, the human mind, might be developed to its fullest capacity in the temple of the body, and that man might become the reflection and likeness of God, even as it hath been revealed in the Bible, let us make man in our image. Briefly, the blessed perfection bore all these ordeals and calamities, In order that our hearts might become enkindled and radiant, our spirits be glorified, our faults become virtues, our ignorance be transformed into knowledge, in order that we might attain the real fruits of humanity and acquire heavenly graces, in order that, although pilgrims upon earth, we should travel the road of the heavenly kingdom, and although needy and poor, we might receive the treasures of eternal life. For this has he borne these difficulties and sorrows. Trust all to God. The lights of God are resplendent. The blessed epistles are spreading. The blessed teachings are promulgated throughout the East and West. Soon you will see that the heavenly words have established the oneness of the world of humanity. The banner of the most great peace has been unfurled, and the great community is appearing. End of section 6